All right, welcome into another edition of the interview series on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. And today, we are thrilled to be joined by one of the names of the NFL over the past two decades, plus spending that time at ESPN and since has become a chief analyst for the Pro Football Network, uh, the Half Forgotten Podcast. Trey, thank you for joining us on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Hey, man, good to be with you. Uh, A lot of things to be prideful about uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs these days. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, before we get into the chief stuff, which, of course, we're going to do for most of this podcast, I want to give you the opportunity to tell us a little bit about the latest in the world of Trey Wingo. What have you been working on? <laughs> My backhand. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> uh, not topping the ball. Uh, no, we're, let's go. Things are going great. Uh, you mentioned Half Forgotten History of the Podcast. Uh, I do some stuff for uh, uh, for Pro Football Network. They're great folks to work with. We're excited about that. Uh I was hoping that I would have something else to share with you today, but it's it's not going to be official for about another week or two, but there's something okay. else that's happening, uh, which will be really fun, and I'm excited about that. So uh, there's a, we got a lot text or an email mid-podcast, yeah. and you want to break <laughs> Done. that news with we'll us. We'll break it right here, right now. That would be perfect. I think that would but, be great for us. But but sadly, yeah, there, there'll be a few more ways for people to catch what's going on here, and uh, we'll have that to straighten out pretty soon. Okay, excellent. Well, let's get into some Chiefs talk. And I think you always have to start with Patrick Mahomes. And you have had some great commentary on Mahomes over the past two, three years since he's been in the league. And I actually was able to pull two clips. I'm going to play them first. The first one dates back to uh, the Golic and Wingo days at ESPN, where you had a nice reaction to something one of your colleagues said. But do I think that Alex Smith could have gone to the Super Bowl (laughs) this year with that crew? Yes, I do. No, I don't. Yes, I do. I yes, I do. Stephen, yes, I do. Yes, I do. They were down twenty-four to nothing. Oh dear God! Oh dear God! Oh <laughs> dear, sweet Lord, Mother of just, just for everybody to know, oh, when Trey came in this morning, we all completely disagree with it. Trey vehemently. If I if I'm hearing it correctly, I want to make sure we all heard that he said if Alex Smith had these weapons, right. they would have gone to the Super Bowl. Yes. Well, when do we tell him that Alex Smith had these weapons? So that was in the 2019 <laughs> run, which ended up with the Super Bowl champion. Oh, my God. That and was this silly. was this was last December on the SB Nation NFL show, which is in-house here at Box Media and SB Nation, uh, where you talked a little bit about Patrick Mahomes and his legacy early on in his career. You know, I, I've said this for a while, and, and uh, I, I really believe we're looking at the greatest to ever do it right now in Patrick Mahomes. So I think of the national names, you really feel like and you really come off as the biggest Mahomes supporter. What have you seen early on in his career that has led you to, to this theory on him? Well, I, I guess the easiest way to answer that is what haven't everybody else, what hasn't everybody else seen? I mean, his first year as a starter, he's the league MVP and he throws 50 touchdowns. Again, the complete list of players that have thrown 50 touchdown passes in a season, Tom Brady. Peyton Manning and Patrick Mahomes. Brady did it in his eighth eighth season. Manning did it in his 14th season, whatever it was, 16th season. He did it in his first. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, what do you want me to say? One, one of the things, and I, I, I wonder if you get a lot of this. I find it almost funny to listen to people twist themselves in knots trying to deny his greatness. Right. Like that's like the, 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 the perceived interception stat or the, you know, should have been intercepted, which by the way, 
not a real thing. Okay. That's <laughs> you're making it up to begin with. But then my favorite part is, well, they say, well, he would have had all these interceptions. Well, you know what? If D Ford had gone offside, the chiefs would have been a three straight super bowls. Doesn't matter. It happened. You know, that's the way it works. That's the way it goes. Um, and a lot of those interceptions that Mahomes throws, he knows they're on a penalty or it's at the right. end of the half or it's a heat. Like they never take that into consideration when they try and find these things that will disrupt what we should all be able to see with our eyes. It's not, I'm not giving you a metric. I'm not giving you some sort of statistical thing that could be manipulated or used one way or another. Just watch. And if you don't understand it by just what you're seeing, go watch tennis, go play bocce because you're missing out on a really cool thing. Yeah. You mentioned Brady and I, I want to touch upon that because that was last year's Super Bowl matchup. And a lot of people yeah. said, okay, this is going to have a grand impact on the legacy. Now with the clip we just played, you were saying we may be watching the best quarterback, the best player of all time. That was from December before the Super Bowl. How much do you think the Super Bowl loss to Tom Brady? Now Brady's got seven. He's, more he's got more titles than the rest of the league and all the teams uh, individually how much do you think that might impact Mahomes when it comes to maybe 15 20 years down the line considering him the greatest quarterback of all time well there's two things that I, I want to address there number one um, I'm not a ring counter like okay uh, you know I, I don't need a Makes ring sense. to know that Dan Marino was one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play you know I, I don't I don't need that a, a ring is a team win like a team wins games. A team wins a championship. And I defy anybody to go watch that Super Bowl and say, yeah, Mahomes was the reason they lost. I mean, my favorite clip coming out of that Super Bowl, Super Bowl 55, was when they had all the wide receivers for the Bucks mic'd up whenever Mahomes was on the yep. field. Godwin, I and think, like, is among them. Yeah. yeah, he's like, how did he do that? How did he get away from that? <laughs> Any other quarterback would have been sacked 15 times in that game. And that leads me to another point. The Bucs were the better team. They right. were. I mean, the Chiefs were the first team in the Super Bowl era to have two different starting tackles week one and also in the Super Bowl. That had never happened before. Okay. So Vita Vea came back. And the entire offensive line for the Chiefs was banged up. It was a disaster. Right. It was good enough to get through everybody else. But those Bucks are a real physical football team. And, you know, there were a couple of things that happened in that game that I think might have flipped the script. If we don't have the penalty on Tyron Matthews' interception, or if they're not offsides on what would have been a field goal, and that led to a touchdown, I believe, yeah. right before the half, you know, things change. A game is like a river. You know, it flows along. If you put a stick or something in it, it goes a different direction. So there's no part of me that looks at Mahomes' legacy and says it's going to be altered by that game. Now, you know, the best Super Bowl Tom Brady ever played, he lost. It was the Super Bowl to the Eagles, 52, yep. uh, 41 to 33. He threw for 300 yards in the first half. He <laughs> threw for 300 yards in the first half. He statistically had his best game ever, and they lost. So – uh, look, there will, I'm, if someone wants to say Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback and is going to be the greatest quarterback of all time, I can't argue with that. It, yeah. it's, hard, it's hard to get around that. But if you're asking me who has the skill set to play it better and, and play it at a higher level, right now, to me, that would be Patrick Mahomes. 
Yeah, I think a lot of Chiefs fans would agree with you. And I, I made the case here. In if Kansas. they don't, they should root for somebody else. <laughs> I made the case here in Kansas City. I just think to an extent, the Super Bowl, and you understand why this is, because there's such a spotlight on the game. It's kind of made people forget just how good Patrick Mahomes is. And now the oh Chiefs have revamped this offensive line. And incredibly I, well. incredibly I think he, well, incredibly well, it's the, because of sometimes the chip he puts on his own shoulder. He's talking already about 20 and oh, I know that came out in an interview and I think it's an easy MVP pick. Do you agree with that? I think every year he is playing, he's the prohibitive favorite to start yeah. as the league MVP. I mean, that's just as, as long as that team is around him. And, you know, going back to the Stephen A. Smith comment, whom I love, I love Stephen. <laughs> I know. But, you know, you know I, we had him on the show after that and said, you realize they had those players the, the previous year and they decided it wasn't good enough with a better running game at that point with Kareem Hunt, you know, who was the starting uh, running back that year. And it wasn't enough. So Andy Reid, don't take my word for it. Take Andy Reid's word for it. Um, he, he is he is the barometer every year. I think he's the barometer every year uh, as to who the uh, if you say the at the over under who should be the uh, you know the odds on favorite starting week one. It's going to be Mahomes. I know that the or I knew that the segment with Stephen A. Smith would be good because it always starts with I love this person, but I, <laughs> that's what ESPN and the mothership it, it does quite yeah. a bit. It it makes you guys you know say things and then you kind of react to one another, and I, I think that's sometimes the the beauty of ESPN, but I want to get back or to the some, detriment at times or the detriment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. I want to get back to some of the new stuff you're doing. And we talked about the half forgotten podcast. I uh, yeah. want to continue the conversation about Mahomes. I have another clip. You recently had Alex Smith on. And yeah. I think what was eye opening is just him talking about the situation when they decided to draft Patrick Mahomes. Here's the clip. I knew even before we drafted Pat, like that, that was all communicated. You know, I, I knew all along what we were doing, why we were doing it. I also knew that I had, you know, uh, the you know, coach had, had given me 100% confidence. Like, I had the keys to the car that year. He was really, really smart, worked really, really hard, crazy uh, competitive. And, and, and I think it was really apparent that he could process information. Alex Smith, I think, is still beloved in Kansas City. There's a ring of honor Could here. Be. I tend to think yeah. he'll be in that ring of honor, just really turned around the franchise. And what was different in my understanding of the Smith situation is I thought he might have been caught a little bit more off guard. It seemed that way, at least at the beginning, going into training camp. But it seemed like this is something that he knew was a possibility. He knew was coming potentially on draft night. And I I just think about the Packers this year, and it just seems like the organization handles and does things a little bit more of the right way. And and you see some of the success because of that. And I, I think about that Alex Smith conversation, and that bleeds through right there. It's, it certainly does. And, you know, you mentioned the Packers. They've done this twice now. You know, uh, yeah. the, the late Ted Thompson, who was the general manager when they drafted Aaron Rodgers, uh, we had him on the draft. And I said, did you tell Brett Favre you were going to draft a quarterback in the first round? He's like, no. Why would I do that? <laughs> and I was like, okay. All right. Interesting. I mean, just, I mean, you're right. You know, you're the GM. Right. You can do whatever you want. But I, I think it does show uh, why so many people, outside of Le'Veon Bell, uh, love playing for Andy Reid. Um, because that's the kind of guy he is. He's very open and honest about how he deals and what his expectations are. And I think that it helped Alex uh, sort of cushion the blow. You know, I I remember the first OTAs after uh, the draft in 2017 when they took and moved up to take Mahomes at 10. Uh, And, you know, Alex was being interviewed and it was almost like he knew right away. Yeah. This guy and I'm I'm done. Like after this year, 
I'm done. And I thought he handled that situation as gracefully as anybody could have. Yeah. Andy Reid will consistently say, and I'm sure you know this well, Patrick Mahomes owes Alex Smith a mansion for what he was able to teach. And I, I think you see that even right now in Chicago, Matt Nagy, who came here to Chicago from Kansas city under Andy Reid. And I know people are saying, well, why is Andy Dalton the starter? seems like this is something that people are trying to repeat as they draft new quarterbacks, but it it isn't a perfect science. And I think sometimes you get the backlash of that. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Because there's no, there's no formula. I mean, like Mahomes basically sat for a year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers sat for three. Most guys play right away. Don McNabb sat for a while. Um, But the, you know, there's no formula. If you draft a quarterback, this is the way it's supposed to go in recent weeks or recent years, rather it, it, we, we tend to see these guys out in the field a little faster, like Joe Burrow, you know, was there week one uh, last year after being the number one overall pick, but there's no formula. And I, and I think that, you know, it's interesting that Andy has done this a couple of times now, and it's, it's worked out to the success of the quarterback that they drafted and how well he eventually played. Want to talk about the draft and some of the impact that it could have on 2021. You recently did some draft coverage with Fox sports, you've known for years and years for the ESPN draft coverage. So you have this class and I think you lump Orlando Brown into it. Cause they gave up that first pick for Orlando yeah. Brown. You get Nick Bolton, Creed Humphrey, Josh Kando, Noah Gray, the tight end from Duke Cornell Powell, potential Sammy Watkins replacement. And then Trey Smith who fell to day three. And a lot of people thought maybe could have went on day one or day two, the blood clot issue that the chiefs really it almost right. feels like they refuted. What did you make of the Chiefs draft class as a whole and the impact it could have on 2021? Well, I'm glad you mentioned Orlando Brown because I, I think that if we're that was the star of their draft class. I mean, yep. that was you, you, you trade a first round pick for him. And, and look, they knew uh, going into the offseason that they had some issues with the offensive line and they had to get creative with it. And, you know, I, 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 I look at the Chiefs in terms of everybody they drafted. And really, to me, it's about the offensive line. Creed Humphrey was very, very good at Oklahoma. You get Orlando Brown for that first pick. Um, you know, you get Joe Tooney uh, out of uh, out of New England. You, you convince uh, Kyle Long to come out of retirement. And let us not forget Lucas Niang, who's, you know, some people were questioning his weight. I thought he was moving fine. This just in, offensive linemen are fat. <laughs> Except for Kyle Long, right? It Except for Kyle sense. Long. Yeah, it doesn't make <laughs> sense. I mean, sometimes I, I think, you know, my feeling is the Chiefs are trying to build a wall in front of yes. Mahomes. And so sometimes I think you want that big body. So there was a little flag, but like I he's a big boy. And I think that's I mean, could be a good thing. Orlando Orlando Brown's not winning a speedo contest, right? Let's just be <laughs> honest about that. He's not. So, you know, I mean, what was the kid out of uh uh the, who was the belly that was drafted this year? You yes. remember he showed yeah the, that is making yeah, the rounds. The combine. Yes, I do know what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like the idea that some, oh, Lucas Niang has some flap. Yes, they're fat people <laughs> that are very athletically skilled. That's who offensive linemen are. They are big, big boys. We're, we've been lucky in Kansas City. And again, he recently released and who knows what's going to end up happening with him. But Mitch Schwartz will frequently tweet out some of the food he's eating and you can get a glimpse yeah. into how they pack on uh, some of this weight. Want to switch gears into the 2021 outlook as we're continuing and we're going to wrap up this up here in a a few minutes. But as you evaluate the NFL and as you evaluate the Chiefs, how do you feel? What's your way too early prediction of how this season might go? Well, you know, I said this uh, in February or March when I was on with Julie Stewart Banks on her podcast on Fubo TV. Um, If you're asking me to pick the Super Bowl, which I hate doing, by the way, because I always want to say who's injured, you know, who's injured, like who, who, who gets hurt? 
But if you're telling me who do I think is going to be in the Super Bowl, find me a reason it's not the Chiefs and the Bucks again. The Bucks brought everybody back. Yep. Um, you know, assuming this is all assuming health. Um, I, I look, it's cool that the Bills are good and the Browns are a great team on the rise. They're not better than the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry, they're not, you know, and hell, we even spotted the Bills. Excuse me, we, they even <laughs> spotted the Bills. Uh, 10, what, 10 points in the AC yeah, championship? Nine points, yeah. It, it, scores, yeah, that's right. Missing yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, the, and the Chiefs said, hold my beer. You know, right. and I mean, 30, was it 37, 24? Is that what was that the AFC championship? Uh, 38, yeah. 24. Well, what was confusing was about that game and, you know, you've seen John Harbaugh adjust to these chiefs is even in getting the early lead. I even questioned, I was like, I cannot believe Sean McDermott is not going for more fourth downs and stuff because it's kind of been right. proven. You just got to have to score. And sure enough, uh, the chiefs came back. That's why the Super Bowl was so weird for chiefs fans, because you're just not used yeah. to not seeing them figure it out at some point. I mean, that was the first time in a long time in a big game. They weren't. Well, and the other, and, and the other thing that was weird about that, and we have to just throw this into the mix. Cause I, you know, I, I, I saw the Colts go through this in 2005 when Tony Dungy's son passed away and they were undefeated right. at that time. It, it took the starch out of them. And you know, yep. that arrest right before there, you can't pretend like that's not a thing. And yep. I, it's not, it's not an excuse. I'm, I'm saying you have to factor that into what we saw on the, on the field Sunday, because people are human beings and right. you can't say, well, we're, we're just going to go out there and do our thing. We're not thinking about that. That's bull. You, right. you, 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 can't, you can't ignore that. I think that, was, that played into it as well. And again, the Bucs were the better team that day. There's no question about it. Well, I think even fans and, and even sometimes reporters to an extent, analysts, I mean, you can sometimes forget the human aspect of it. And yeah. I would agree with you, even as someone who covers the Chiefs and has, you know, a little bit of bias from living in Kansas City. It did feel like there was a little bit of a lack of in-game adjustment there. And and I don't yeah. think you can even blame Andy Reid for no. that. I mean, that was a huge ordeal and, and an impact to his family and whatnot. And they're still going through that in Kansas City where we'll see what ends up happening uh, with all of that. Um, one it ask you one more question and it actually has to do with uh, Andy Reid. So there's a segue there, but in covering the league for as long as you have, I'm just curious your take on what a second Super Bowl title would mean for the legacy of Andy Reid when it comes to being among the greatest head coaches of all time. You know, again, it's interesting because for Andy, um, you know, he's, he's, he, he played, you know, all, all this time played, he coached in the AFC all this time where there's been one dominant franchise, the New England Patriots. Right. Uh, so I, look, a second Super Bowl win, I think would be a phenomenal thing. He, he's, on, he's already on a very short list of, of coaches that are taking two different teams as a head coach to Super Bowl. And he, and he obviously won Super Bowl 54. I, I think Andy Reid's legacy as a teacher and a, and a talent builder is set. But again, people remember certain things, right? Tom Brady's always going to have seven and yep. Bill Belichick's going to have his. And uh, I, I think, I think to the casual, like I'll give you an example, Peyton Manning winning a second Super Bowl did nothing to me in changing his legacy because, you know, he was hanging on by a thread. The defense won that game, you know, and Peyton just happened to be the starting quarterback when Von Miller and, and uh, DeMarcus Ware were destroying people. And, but, you know, when people say, oh, well, now he's got a second ring, I look at him differently, then you need to stop watching football because, you know, Peyton was the only reason they didn't win by 40 in that game. And I love Peyton Manning. He's going to be mad at me, but, I'll, you know, it's the truth, you know. So I, if Andy Reid wins another Super Bowl, it would be great. 
But to me, his legacy within the game is already set. And I don't think it would be, it can be questioned. There's actually a, it's funny. There's a connection there. Mike Remmers, the left tackle yeah. for the, the teams in both of that Super Bowl and, and this Super Bowl and was a problem. He's a great right tackle, but problem on the left side. And I think we saw that in both of those Super Bowls. So a connection there. Trey, thank you for spending some time with us. We know about the Pro Football Network. We know about the Half Forgotten Podcast. This news that you tease, where can people see the news whenever it does come out? Well, uh, I, I, I think you'll see it on the interwebs i, I <laughs> okay. think it'll be all it'll ominous. be all it's over there ominous. yeah it'll it'll be out there uh, it's it's coming soon so we're looking forward to that and uh, we're gonna have some fun with it for trey wingo i'm pete sweeney thank you once again for joining us on the arrowhead pride podcast network 